everybody, welcome to Agitator, the Mercury Retrograde Edition, we're talking Sandland, and what are you talking about today? I'm talking about a book by a guy, hold on, my car's about to do the thing where it tries to get you on the car speaker. All this, all this technology, man. Let's see. Janky-ass cyberpunk shit. Hold on. It's such a pain in the ass, dude. Being in a car. And... Trying to... Because it wants you to... It, like, the car wants you to do... What it wants you to do. But, uh... I'm currently... I'm driving to pick up some breakfast. We have a very special episode today. Because... Rio's not feeling well, so... She stayed home from work... So I'm going to pick up some breakfast. And it's raining cats and dogs. But honestly, like, honestly, it's pretty nice. Because in Oklahoma, any time that there's not tornadoes involved, it's a good weather day, as far as I'm concerned. So, got a nice gentle thing, rain. That's the thing everybody brings up when I talk about Oklahoma. Like, they have a lot of tornadoes, right? It's always funny, bad weather shit coming from people down here. Because uh-huh. we get hurricanes that flood the whole city, destroy right. your house. Right. And they're just like, damn, but don't they get, like, tornadoes and shit? Yeah. <laughs> or, like, Seattle. It's like, doesn't it rain a lot up there? Like, what? Our street was flooded yesterday. Right. <laughs> and it was just a regular Tuesday. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I'm adjusting my input levels because I think it might have been too loud. Hopefully, folks, we're trying. We're, tr- we're trying to get this audio shit right. We're trying to get this Tascam audio shit right. Maybe I should turn it back up. I don't know. Let's turn it back up a little bit. That's eh, fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'm just episode uh, 90. We're figuring out the. Uh, mm-hmm. Wait, what just happened? Can you hear me still? I think I started a new track. Oh. I don't know what the fuck just happened. I think I have another another track. Oh. But I'm just not gonna fuck with it. It's recording, so. <laughs> You're Anyways. gonna sound like uh, Grant on the World of Kanako episode. <laughs> Wait, what happened with the World of Kanako? Was that the one where he was echoing, or? Was no, that, that was a first low. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So today, World I'm of Kanako about, uh, is like our black hole episode because it like uh, uh, the data for it disappeared at some point. Yeah. So I like think. that could have a million downloads and we wouldn't know. Yeah, we just wouldn't know. The book that I'm talking about today. Well, it's not really. It's not a book. It's a serialized novel by an author named Kelby Losack. I'm going to talk about Samurai Jesus um, and what you've been doing with Samurai Jesus because I think that every once in a while, about once a month or so, I do. I feel like we should just talk about our shit, you know? Because, I, you know, honestly, dude, I th- I, I've tried to be really careful about that so that I don't get on people's nerves or whatever. Uh, but I think people like that shit, honestly. I think, that's, I think they, they actually prefer us talking about writing to talking about anime most of the time. It seems, uh, 
I mean, that's that's how the numbers perform in the reactions. Mm-hmm. People talk when we talk about writing. A lot of people download when we talk about writing. So, yeah. It's kind of what the show is, anyways. Yeah. It's, uh, whether we like it or not, it is kind of a writing show, because we, uh, we're writers. Um, about and if that last there. track... You're about what? I'm about halfway to the to the food. This is really interesting, actually, because I've been when I get into podcasting mode, I focus on the podcast, and I haven't been focusing on driving. So I've just been swerving all over the road. How many people you run over so far? Uh, none yet, but it's just because nobody's out because it's raining. So, so, thank God for for small miracles, you know. Um, mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Nobody's out because it's raining. I love this kind of weather, dude. This is just, this is the one thing that I do miss about Portland, was that it was like this fucking 70% of the year. Just a nice gray sky, gentle rain. I like the smell too. The the word I think is petrichor. It's like wet dirt smell. I just love all that mm-hmm. shit. It's when I really like. I mean, I love Oklahoma. I'm not one of those people who hates where he's from, but uh, I really, like, enjoy Oklahoma when it's this kind of weather. I really love mountains, and I've never, I've never lived in the mountains. Well, I guess I was born in hill country in Texas, but it's not like there's, there's no mountains going through Texas. Um, so this, this week has been really interesting. I know that Mercury Retrograde happened, and so far, my Mercury Retrograde has not involved any kind of mechanical failures, but, you know, I heard Grant talking about it, he said that, you know, you kind of, sometimes in Mercury Retrograde, you go back and you think about, like, the past a lot and shit, and, uh, I have just not been able to shake... The, this feeling I get sometimes that like that I'm a huge fucking loser it's not even depression it's just like dissatisfaction I think with where I'm at you know and so I woke up this morning and I was just like fuck like I didn't do it like I you know I stayed up late last night I was playing cyberpunk you know doing I call it doing my research for the <laughs> for the next book but I, yeah. I took I did like what you did like I haven't even talked to Jackie yet just been running jobs for Regina. Hold on one second, I gotta order my food. Hey, what's going on? Good, tell me the name for the order. Yeah, it's David. What can I get you? Could I get an order of the chicken minis and uh, hash brown and a, and a sausage egg and cheese biscuit as well? Okay. Anything else? No, that's it. Ten seventy one on there. Okay. Oops. You like all the colors? They got big eyes. There you go. All right, cool. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a good one. Yeah, some big eyes. But, so I was up late last night playing that, and uh, I woke up this morning, and it's funny, like, you know I had a busy month this month, and I scheduled this time to chill out and write and whatever, but I feel like I have PTSD from the first quarter of this year. And so I haven't edited anything in three days, and I feel like low-key panicking. Like, oh, where's like, it's all fine, you know. But it's just like, now I've got that uh, 
it's not hustle mentality. It's just survival mentality, I think. Yeah. That's probably... Um, I think my survival mentality will always have me stuck in hustle mentality just by proxy because of all the shit that you and I have been on a very similar path with all of this where like the peaks and valleys and everything and mm -hmm. I'm just terrified of ever being in a valley again mm -hmm. that I'm just always gonna be constantly stacking it's not necessarily because you just gotta grind I'm just like I want I want to live bro <laughs> like yeah. I don't want to yeah. be stuck back <laughs> in the desert again <laughs> I know I know it's so frightening being uh, being poor you know and I've been poor for pretty much all of my adult life with some minor exceptions and uh, that shit just hits different when there's a kid involved and like I said last episode you know I had that that uh, hail damage car check you know that got mm -hmm. me through the year so this year what what's essentially happening is that you know I was it wasn't like I was doing great last year I just had the money so I didn't even notice it and uh, this is the first year where I realized like oh shit I have got to step my game up so anyway long story short uh, I don't know man I like yesterday I was just and I was just in a funk. I was just in bitch mode, you know? I was just kind of like... I, I just would love... I would love to uh, to sell a bunch of copies of, of books so that I can make money and live. <laughs> so I got a book on, on Amazon ads and how to do those. I'm in full-on, like, okay, I'll learn it. I'll fucking learn it. I'll learn how to do Amazon ads and all the all the targeting and... What, it's there's a it's a weird science to it. It's a bunch of spreadsheets, and, but apparently Facebook ads are no longer the way to go. It's it's all about Amazon ads now. So I'll figure it out. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and hitting it right, figuring figuring it out. Cause uh, yeah, Ghost of East Baltimore had an Amazon ad that didn't really do shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's tricky, right? Because it is it's expensive. And that I think is the barrier to entry for most for most people, because you pay per click, and I think so, I think you could be paying like between ten cents and a dollar per click, right? And of course you set your um, you set your limit as to how much you're willing to spend, but I mean that could be up to a thousand dollars for maybe like I mean I don't even like a thousand. It's not going to be a thousand sales you know so right i don't yeah, know so you better hope that it's like at least 200 so right. that your royalties make up for that and then that's yeah. just breaking that's just being like well i didn't lose anything <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah exactly the first thing they say uh in this amazon ads book that i got it's by uh, ricardo fayette he says basically if you if you don't have a book that is in a genre and that has a badass cover that will sell the book and, and if you don't have you know like a certain amount of reviews ready to go when the book drops and everything like he's like don't even fucking worry about Amazon ads because it's like it's not going to work and with all due respect to the GOAT David Simmons this is true of all of us though it's like we haven't really 
hit that. Oh, is that my favorite? David. David, yeah, yeah. Wow, okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm in like the back of the line. They have my food ready. They're Let's on point. Because Jesus knows that you are one of his disciples. They got this poor kid walking out in the rain to hand food out. It's like, <laughs> it's like I could have waited. It's not, it's not a big deal. Because uh, I'm, I'm still in the line. You see what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're yeah. So you're, now you're just sitting in the line. Bro, a pet peeve of mine is when people go through the drive-thru and order for like 20 people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to order for the office or whatever. It's like, fucking go inside, dude. Go inside and do that shit. Yeah. Don't do the fucking drive-thru. Um, anyway, it's, you know, with us, we're starting to learn how how to market that shit, right? And how to get how to get people interested. Um, because, the, like, the fact of the matter is that um, the shit that we think is cool is objectively cool. But I don't know. You, you kind of have to figure out that plus what an audience is looking for. And it is kind of simple. A badass cover, an elevator pitch, and uh... <clears throat> I mean, the product only matters for returning we we already know the product solid so like that right. doesn't really matter right like simmons has a badass cover with that snowball with the centipede coming out of it yeah but if yeah. It, if it had been instead you know a kaiju fighting a mech which is what happens at the end of the book you know maybe people would be like oh what is this oh cool i like robots <laughs> It's probably not the best way to endear myself to readers by giving them fucking retard voice every time I pretend to be there. <laughs> I, uh, I do think that I'm going to take a page from the Gaunt's um, sort of model and just yes, have pinup girls yes. on all my future covers. Dude, like the bro. Samurai Jesus omnibuses, those are all going to be just, just pinup girls. It's just going to be Gaunt's covers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why I uh, started following this guy on Instagram, the Adam Cyber. I'm not sure if I showed him to you or not, but he does uh, erotic cyberpunk art, basically. It's a French. Oh, movie. yeah. And uh, I don't know how expensive. <laughs> See, it's all prices, too, you know, because the, the shit looks really good. But right now, we're some broke boys, so not really sure if we have that budget. But, you know, you get some covers like that with a hot girl with some katanas. And, you know, a lot of his work, they're doing that pose where they're, it's like not how a human being works, but like their ass is out, but they're turned to face you. And they've also got yeah, their sword the, in their hand, you know. The Snapchat pose. The Snapchat where pose. Where it's like. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a I'm solid, a, uh, Carlton Mellick did has, and still does as far as I know. That's his formula. It's just a, a babe on the cover and I think he does like, like the, the little girls now the like weird oh. doll looking things yeah I don't know Which about I don't, all that but I don't, I don't I don't know if that's such a a winning recipe <laughs> I'm sure he's doing fine but yeah man I'm, I'm with you 100% I got my cover back for my mech book uh, the one that Kurt did it looks fucking incredible mm -hmm. and I'm like okay this is the this is the speed that I need to, this is the kind of cover that I need. Cause you know, I, uh, the God's Fair No Better covers that Tony does are fucking incredible and they're selling the book. Simmons was at this book festival 
right in, yeah uh, what is it Washington Heights it was Kensington, Kensington 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 Maryland which has a the median household income there is two hundred thousand dollars a year and uh, yeah he was telling me that dying world was selling based off the cover like people are coming back by and being like oh shit and it's got that neon right it's like the blues and the and the pinks it's got Tony's got a badass style so yeah I mean covers are just fucking pretty much everything you know and like the so like the covers I've done in the past which are like the uh, kind of abstract looking I like them right I think they look cool but you know the by the time cover I think is beautiful but it doesn't really on the tip that we're at it would be like you know some tattooed prisoners fucking holding a human heart or something like that yeah that you need actual content me. like that's the thing that people uh, that's the thing that people read for it's like sex sells so either put a naked bitch on the cover or have like a scene from the book yeah on the cover right right exactly yeah but a naked pinup girl gaunt style that's the that's the formula like I know for sure that uh, Ronan Trash is gonna well see Samurai Jesus and Ronan Trash are so spiritually like interlinked that it would make sense for us to just both go the Gaunt's route with those two books and have them yeah, have yeah, kind of 100%. thematic thematic consistency. They're very different books, but but there's similarities too. There are similarities as well, um, which we'll talk about. But I want to hear uh, first off. I want to hear about Sandland. I want to hear this. This thing sounds. It's what is it? It's Mad Max, but anime. It's like Mad Max anime that. Uh, with demons mm -hmm. so the whole premise of Sandland it's Akira Toriyama who I don't think I need the man who needs no introduction mm -hmm. on a show that you're coming to for anime you know the Dragon Ball legend he uh it's one of the things he did after Dragon Ball was finished so which, which is pretty crazy because Toriyama he had massive success right out the gate. Dr. Slump was enormous. Uh, he became a millionaire with Dragon Ball. He illustrated and designed the characters for most of the Dragon Quest games. Like He was balling through the 80s and 90s. And then Dragon Ball wrapped up and they were like, oh, what's he gonna do now? Is he gonna take a break? And he just starts writing these one-offs and like little short mangas uh sandland came out in 2000 it was 14 chapters that ran in uh shonen jump and they were collected into one tankoban volume if you got the shonen jump app you can read the whole thing uh or i think the i think the manga like the paperback is like seven bucks or something and it looks really yeah and it looks great it's like, it's got that, you know, Toriyama goes back and forth with a few different styles. He has like a, I forget which one, it might have been Dr. Slump or one of his later ones that had like a heavier high contrast, like deep blacks and whites with those like, a, those like jet pens or whatever they call them is what he was using. 
and but this one is one of those that has like crazy amount of detail like all the backgrounds every panel is crowded as fuck mm -hmm. there's never an instance where you'll get a page and it's just like three panels nah he'll have like seven to twelve panels on one page and every panel is just crammed with detail that you could mm -hmm. like just put a magnifying glass up to and uh like look for shit it's the reason that people come to Toriyama shit and fuck with it so heavy I think is a uh, I mean the the stories I guess you know the the sort of universal themes that he touches on uh, this one being basically don't judge a book by its cover is kind of the the whole message of Sandland you got the demons are the heroes the the king is the bad guy the war that destroyed everything 30 years prior was all based on a lie And, uh, but I, th I think really it's all character design. Like, that's what this dude, that's what Toriyama is just known for. Right. And the, the main, the main little dude, Beelzebub, is the main, uh, demon in Sandland. He's like this little gremlin. And the basic rundown is they're trying to get water. Like, there's a guy who shows up. He's a sheriff. It's uh, 30 years out from, like, a world-ending war where there's, like, not a lot of humans. Uh, there's demons on Earth because humans committed so much atrocity that it brought hell to Earth or something like that. But the demons are like, I don't want to fucking be here. And so they're like... It's like their hell existing on Earth. Oh, wow. But they don't... Uh, yeah, he could have expanded on a lot of this. Like, he throws all this crazy detail into it, but doesn't flesh it out. So it's just like, this could have been a million different spinoffs with the things that he just drops left and right, like, and just kind of peppers throughout it. Because the whole... The story itself is just a race in a tank that they steal. They steal a tank to get through the desert and get to this rumored phantom water supply because the king hoards all the water and sells it for like $9 a bottle. And they're like, I don't think so. So they're trying to get to the water wherever it is so that they can give it to the people and be like, fuck the king. And uh, it's just tank battle after tank battle. And the, I think the only reason that he didn't go further with it was actually the whole reason he wanted to start it was to draw... He wanted a story with a dude in a tank. And that was what he started with. And then he stopped it because he was like, it's a lot of detail that goes into drawing a tank over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> so he works on these things uh, solo. He doesn't have a, a crew. Nah, back back in, uh, I mean, Dragon Ball developed a team, uh, but it, Dragon Ball developed a team way late, I think. Mm -hmm. He did most okay. of that shit, like, himself. Yeah. And he also didn't even fuck with computers. At one point, they gave him a, 
this was like in the 2000s, whatever studio gave him a Macintosh, and he only used it to like fuck with colors and shadings and stuff for the longest time until he finally got around to like sort of, I don't, I don't know the technical terms for like kind of, you know, building panel templates and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, this motherfucker just draws a lot and uh, apparently over and over again because he was like, it's a lot of drawing this tank over and over. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but bro, I can relate to that with uh, certain writing projects that I've had over the years. I can't think of anything specifically, but you know, you have this idea, and you're like, oh yeah, and this will go on for like book after book after book, and then you're just kind of like, oh wait, yeah, no, I don't want to do this for five years. This is a this is an insane thing that I decided to do. I think. At one point, I might have tried to write, uh, like, a fantasy book or something, and I just was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to describe misty mountains and, and woods over and over again. <coughs> so, cyberpunk is right. basically, yeah. it fits, it fits my, my, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm totally excising the term ADD from my vocabulary, because I don't think it exists, I think it's fake, but... Mm-hmm. I do have I that, that kind is. of yeah me neither I, I do ha- I do like variety right uh, variety is what interests me difference surprise uh, you know now that I think about it that there does there does seem to be two different kinds of writers there there are writers who gravitate more towards comedy and surreal shit because they like variety and they like surprise and then there are genuinely writers, I think, who just enjoy kind of hanging out in a semi-familiar world. And like that's kind of fantasy, right? I mean, like, fantasy's never really all that different. Kings, rogues, dragons. And they're like, no, this shit is tight. I like it. And I could watch The Lord of the Rings over and over and over again. <laughs> so I'm just going to write that. Yeah, yeah, the... Genre people definitely want to hang out in the same spot, just like the... I think that's the reason most people come to stories, is to just hang out in a certain place. Because even when it's like, well, this is about, uh, you know, just some sad sex in Florida, or this takes place in my version of Middle Earth, it's like, that's the same thing. You just want to hang out in in some kind of place that you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I like to hang out in... Night City. Yep, that's, that's just where I like to be. I think Same. It's cool. And the the descriptions never get old to me. Like like yeah. how you were saying with the uh, the fantasy shit. That's always one of my bugbears. Where like I'll get less and less descriptive as the story goes on because I'm like I've already described it. What do you want? Like, did you forget mm-hmm. what it looks like? Why do I have to say it again? <laughs> but I never get tired of like the chrome heads and the Kaza fried junkies and mm-hmm. the smell of exhaust and the neon kanji like I never get tired of that shit yeah there are three different naked men in Samurai Jesus pause and uh, the first one is the drill sergeant in the boots the second one <laughs> is the dude who's just beating meat in the hallway and then there's another one who's covered in glitter and so 
Kelpie's like, what's, how do I describe this environment? What kind of naked dude am I going to put into this city? <laughs> Damn, you got me. You're absolutely right, because I think that shit's hilarious. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't deny. I think a random naked dude doing some weird shit is funny. It's funny, yeah. But, so he got tired of drawing the tank, and then, you know what, though, I respect that. You, you go, you draw the tank. When, you, when, the, when drawing the tank's not fun anymore, you just stop. Like, yeah, yeah. No, good. It's crazy how he started with one of the long, well, I don't, honestly, this is where my, like, we're amateur weebs, so, like, we're, you know, we're a little new at the shit, or uncultured, even though. This is the premier Japanese cinema and anime podcast. We, I'm not sure how Dragon Ball ranks in terms of longevity, but it's at least the biggest in terms of like cultural phenomenon scale. And it did run for a long ass time. And you come off of that, and then he's just like, I got all these little stories I want to tell. And, uh, he kept with the same model too, like that once a month, dropping a whole ass, once a month or once a week, I think it was once a month was the the Dragon Ball model, and then what he continued with was just like, yeah, every month it's time to drop something else, drop, time to drop another chapter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, you're a millionaire, like he just, he just kept going, it was the mode he was in. Yeah. This is low-key... Uh, I know people are going to hate me for saying this, but this is low-key why I hope that AI gets to a certain point, right? Because I would love to I would love to actually make manga of my own, and I can't draw it, and I know, I know that you could potentially be undercutting artists who work their ass off to draw, but it would just be How are you going to undercut tight. artists you can't afford anyways? Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like, I, I hope y'all y'all get your bread but my my thing with the ai is like it can be used as a tool there's like ways to, it's not that great right like so you still have to do some work to make it do anything worth a shit mm-hmm. which at that point you've manipulated it so much that it becomes a work of human art i mean it's there were times when you know collage was a thing that people were like, that's not art, you're taking pre-existing shit. It's like, well, y'all didn't, you're not the one who put Marilyn Monroe underneath King Kong. I did. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not a picture that exists. I cut that out and put that there. So, Mm -hmm. like, it's always, every time there's some kind of new medium introduced into the art world, there's always the argument of, like, that's not art, that's disgusting, and it should be outlawed. It's like the same (laughs) argument every single time. Yeah. So I'm just very innocently saying it would be cool. Like, Ronin Trash, I would love to have been able to do that as a as a manga, you know? And just have an AI kind of help me. Like, I draw the stick figure three-year-old version of what I want, and then AI's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, cool, I got you. And what style did you want it in? Satomu Nihei? All right, cool, I got you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, but Nah, that would be tight. Yeah, yeah. I like what you're saying, too, about this dude. Akira Toriyama uh, and how he got rich and then just kind of kept kept on doing it 
<coughs> that's how you know, dude. That's how you know. It's just it's just the love of the game. You know, it's not a it's not a money thing. Because you no, talk about the, the go ahead. It's such a spiritual thing to, with him that like he's done now. He ain't drawing shit no more because the uh, the Sandland anime is dropping this year in Japan. Mm-hmm. Date pending for the West, but ooh, I, they ought to hire me to to voice somebody. I can do some devilish shit. Mm-hmm. Let me cameo as Lucifer or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, they yeah, the anime is coming out. He was working on that, and he lost his favorite pencil holder that he's had since he was fourteen. That saw him through all of his success and everything. And he lost that and was like, well, I, I think I'm done. I don't know what to do without my, my favorite pencil holder. <laughs> That's tight. Hey, man. What, what, I mean, on the one hand, he's, he's earned it if he wants to quit. I mean, he, he won the game, so if that's the the ending then i mean that's that's fine on the other hand uh just just get a new pencil holder i mean i don't like what the fuck are you talking about? do you i don't i don't think i have any i don't have any trinkets like that i don't have it like i have magical shit on my desk for sure that i would not want to lose but i don't have like uh i don't have like a totem you know Maybe my little Hermanibus, my 3D printed Hermanibus. I definitely would not want to lose him. But other than that, I mean, yeah, I don't have like a lucky. Well, no, I say that. I've had the same three bracelets on for the past three years. There's a St. Michael. I got an Evil Eye. And uh, what's this other one? I forget what my other one is. I think it's actually just another Evil Eye. Every time I get in trouble on the internet, Rios comes and finds me and puts another evil eye bracelet on. It's just like, <laughs> like here. Which you, need, you need a few more of these. <laughs> yeah, you need a few more of these. Which, to be honest, I'm just like, if I could, can just go the rest of my life without getting in trouble on the internet, that would be like fantastic. I'm bored. I'm bored with it. It's the same thing every time. It's like you're a piece of shit. It's like yeah, I I know, I know. Who are you telling? Think I don't know that? <laughs> well, I this promise. episode's gonna do a lot of good with you being like AI would be great to write my <laughs> manga. <with." laughs> I know, right? I know. <sighs> it's just it's always funny to me because when people get mad, I, I'm just like you know I promise, I promise that you don't dislike me more than I dislike myself. I promise you that. So just just let me just let me stew in my own filth. But uh I don't understand how AI is really like a like who's using it, you know? It's like it's going to get rid of artists. Okay, people who weren't going to hire you anyways are going to use it to design some janky ass covers and shit. Who cares? Right. Right. But on the other side, with seeing it as a tool, it's mm-hmm. like we're in a very accelerated age where you have to be fast if you don't already got money like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, if I could pump shit out faster with the help of like some tool that like something I don't gotta pay, like mm-hmm. basically a partner that I don't have to pay, 
and he's kind of retarded. I just clean his shit up. I'm like, that, the, the fingers look fucking terrible. What is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And I just, like, kind of fix some shit. Or even writing. I'd never have it write for me because they always write this. It's not yeah, good. it's not But there. if there's some kind of level to the prompt, a word, if I can just be like, hey, what's a word for this and that and blah, blah, like, you know, mm-hmm. a cool-sounding word that means the smell of a gasoline or whatever mm-hmm. and they'd be like it's this smell like, oh okay cool yeah it's a great research tool basically you can it's base it's replacing google for me i just ask chat gpt like, what is the thing or if i have like uh, if i'm editing and i'm not 100 percent sure on a grammar question you just ask chat gpt it's just all yeah, it is is a, is a thing that just dog shit now yeah it, well, and that's google's fault that's that like that's not anybody else's fault. That's the way that this whole shit works. Is if you, you know, if you let your your system fall into disrepair, and then something else comes along, and it's like, hey, here's the new shit. You basically <clears throat> like every every five or six years, something new comes along, and for about six months, it's good for people like you and me, and that's when we basically have to jump on it, right? It's kind of like with Amazon, like reading the Amazon ads thing. You can use it, but it's at this at this I'm not saying it's too late for us, but everybody's on that shit. So like right. what we what we have to do is we have to keep our eyes open for like what's the next what's the thing that replaces Amazon basically. And when that yeah. shit comes up, like go hard into that. Like a like and new social media or whatever, you know, like Substack notes. I've been posting some Substack notes because I'm like, if this is about to be the new thing, like, I'm gonna work it, you know. Yeah, we've all gotten a lot of subscribers off of Substack notes existing too, and I've been able to just like, it's so hard to get to, and I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for how like buried it is. Uh, it's so hard to get to an access. It's not like at the ease of a thumb press. Mm-hmm. So I don't scroll it whatsoever. I don't ever look at it. I just hit the restack button on some shit that like anybody in Broken River is doing on the actual essays themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so my essays are getting seen, and I'm getting subscribers. I'm like, this is actually this is actually working for the time being. Yeah, you have to do that while it's good for us because we've lived long enough to see. You know, Facebook have incredible utility and then have that go out the window. Twitter have incredible utility and that go out the window. Instagram, same deal. TikTok, I'm sure, is like just this close. I mean, there's already been the kind of book talk explosion, right? With like book talkers. Like Eric LaRocca is one of these kids, right? Like who uh, sold a bunch of copies off of uh, TikTok. And you, you mm-hmm. see that and you just you have to imagine it as a as a castle that's being invaded. And as soon as somebody blows open a hole in the wall and gets through, like that hole gets patched up and reinforced, and you got to find a different hole, right? You can't you can't be cha- like doing the whack-a-mole chase of what worked for other people because it's probably like for uh, like well I don't I might be wrong but it could be possible that tick, like it's already too late for us to try to do a TikTok and also what the fuck would I do on TikTok? Hi everybody. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's too. I've said it before. Video shit is just too hard. It's too time consuming. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ain't got that amount of time I want to dedicate to social media promotion. So. Well, and the thing is, I think we're both the same in this way, too. We have to find the strategies that work for, for how we think. And I don't think, I don't think in 30-second clips. That's why I was so bad at Twitter. Because I don't, I don't think in 140 or 280 characters. I, I, I think long form. And when you mm-hmm. just see a tweet of mine, it, it, would, it would be something like, you know, uh, well, you know, something not great. But if you could read, you know, 500 words of that shit, you'd be like, oh, I see where David's coming from. He just, he needs, I need time to cook, right? I, my ideas have to cook a little bit. I'm, I'm not yeah, a good soundbiter. No, nah, me neither, because I don't like repeating myself. So I basically, anything, any new idea is contextualized with every idea I've had before it. So mm-hmm. if you haven't been along for the ride from the jump, then you have... I don't give a fuck about what you think about the thing I just said. Mm-hmm. You're out of your element, Donnie. So he lost his favorite pencil holder, and so he's not gonna. He's just done, period? Like, he's not doing anything else? He's done, yeah. He said, I'm not drawing anymore. Damn. Which, he's gotten, he's gotten the bag multiple times. And uh, I think it's best for a king like that to go out on top. Because it's like, where else? Where else do you go when you've revolutionized shit, like mm-hmm. on that scale? Yeah. You get to a point where everything keeps changing, and even though you influence the present, people are going in a different direction. So the things you do start to kind of feel like, uh, yeah, I mean that that's old school, you know. It's like you just. Go out on top, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Seinfeld. Or just keep doing... Like Seinfeld. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's what I he mean, said. Uh, I think that's why he said that's why he stopped the show. Because it was the highest rated show on TV. And he was like... That makes yeah, sense. I think we're going to go out here. I don't know how many seasons Seinfeld ran for. Seven, maybe? It was like eight or... Eight? Yeah, something like that. That's a nice size for a show seven or eight seasons and then you just go to yeah. something else they did uh, what was the next the Curb Your Enthusiasm came after that right because it was mm-hmm. uh, I think Larry David created Seinfeld right yeah I don't know, I don't know sitcoms very well yeah no we all, all the the characters are basically all different aspects of Larry David's personality right right it's a funny motherfucker that's pretty that hilarious but uh he is. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we do over on the Patreon, <clears throat> which is, uh, you know, weekly we get, we do an extra episode, we do Agitator Z, where we are not confined or restricted by the rules we set in place that we're, that we, you know, just break whenever we want over here anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Basically, we don't have to talk about anything Japanese, even though sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's an extra, it's an extra hangout. It's just more, and there's a lot more, I think, uh, there's a lot more sauce over there. A lot so more like, sauce. I have, yeah, both of us have gotten onto that tip where it's like, if this is about to be some sauce I'm going to spill, I'm going to save it for the bonus. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like when I learn about how to do Amazon ads, I, I actually do have a Z plan, maybe next week actually, uh, to go over the key points of what I learned from Amazon ads, but it's not, it's not going in the free feed. You can go over out on Z. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so we spill a lot of sauce. We talk a lot about craft over there. I talked about uh, Will White's book, uh, Unsold, last episode. This episode, I think we're going to talk about Yellow Jackets, right? A little bit about Yellow Jackets. Yeah, yeah, we've both been... It's like everybody just jumped on board all of a sudden. In the... Yeah, Eddie went crazy in the chat. Eddie did like 30 messages, just like live, basically live tweeting him watching Yellow Jackets. And I was like, all right, and check it out. I watched it with Rios, and we were pretty much hooked. Um, <clears throat> but... What's I going to say? Uh, oh, so also what we do over on the Patreon is we serialize books. And uh, Kelby and I have two projects. One's called Samurai Jesus. The other's called Ronin Trash. Mine is, a, <clears throat> you described it as a bizarro black comedy with demons and hell money. I describe it as like uh, kind of a schizophrenic doom meets no country for old men, basically. Yeah, uh, and uh, Samurai Jesus is, you know, actually it's it's a much more, like your connective tissue with Samurai Jesus I think is really good. That's what I've been noticing is that I uh, I jump around. I think it's because I just I honestly had no idea <laughs> what I was like on a week to week basis. I would just sit down to write it, and be like, shit, I don't fucking know what I'm what I'm doing here, but. Yours is uh, just a really densely lived-in, well-described cyberpunk world that follows basically characters from your hood rat books, basically. Like, like Ikari and uh, Diego are just basically mm-hmm. like hood rat characters, right? They're, they're trying to pay the rent. And what's the, what's the plot of Heathenish? It's like rents due, you know? The way we came right. in, rents do. Uh, Samurai Jesus, rents do. Um, <laughs> but you do some interesting things. So basically, this one, obviously, since you've started Agitator, there's a there's a Kakihara character who's a badass. Also, is naked uh, during his fight scene. Don't mean to keep pointing that out, but damn, you just like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of dicks flopping around in, uh, in Samurai Jesus. I just but think it's funny. Well, there's this great fight scene. So it starts off, and uh, uh, Kasuke is his name. Kasuke is basically pinned to a wall with two katanas, uh, his katanas, by this chick Maria, and uh, they're having sex in that position because he's like Kakihara. He's a pain addict, basically, and so. They, they finish, and she lets him go, stitches him up. And then there's a really well-choreographed fight scene where these uh, Gutter King gangbangers come by and throw a, a grenade. And I could actually see it, like it was a sh- like a shot in a Miike movie, because he like just like kicks it back at them. And I could, I almost, I saw the scene happening in like that CGI that we love, like Blade oh, 2 style yeah. CGI, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Itchy the Killer style CGI uh, kicks the grenade back at them and you know gets out a big ass gun and just starts well 
shooting them to death, basically. But it's really well choreographed, really exciting, and there are two cops who uh, are just, they have like, they have fun banter where the girl cop thinks that the guy's gay and just keeps making jokes about him being gay. He's basically, <laughs> he's just constantly like, I'm not gay! Uh, um, and then there is a, at the beginning there are just there are really good sequences with uh, Hikaru and uh, her baby um, and she is the wife of it's get, it's getting you're just, it's getting pretty snatchy it's getting pretty Pulp Fiction-y right there's a lot of characters yeah yeah so she's basically suicidal she gets rid of baby Riku uh, who's Ikari's son uh, basically leaves him with a a wheelchair-bound clown named Santa. He's named Santa because he's always got hoods on his lap. Um, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> you can hear you can hear Kelby chuckling through some of his jokes, and like as you read it, like oh yeah, I know he was having fun when he wrote that part. Um, so there's yeah, it's just a ton of characters. They the the kind of low-down hood rat dude stealing mech. Um, it's it's basically just like if you want a Kelby Losack novel, but in Night City, that's what it is, and uh, it's really it's the best thing you've done so far, I think. It's just like it reads so fast and so clean, and there's something to something I wanted to bring up because I know that you've sent me text before, like, oh, I ran out of time, so I just ended it. Um, the constraints that that working in this mode put on us. I, I think those constraints force a brand new style, just a whole new way of telling a story, right? Because it doesn't feel yeah. like, like, oh, he just ran out of time, but it creates a vibe of just like, well, that's that's it for today, folks. And then we move yeah, on. you have to you have to come up with something to end on. It's not like I just like stop mid sentence and there's not even a period or whatever. It's like I have to figure out how to just stop right here because I am falling. I've fallen asleep three times at the computer and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's due in like five minutes. So well, it's like it's like when Hickory and Hickory, uh, Hickory Dickory Doc, when they escape from <laughs> the, um, when they escape from their apartment. I liked that it was just like they they just escaped. They just do yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I was gonna. I had this like massive chase scene choreographed out, and that, that turned into a blessing in disguise. Running, just running with this shit, like embracing the constraints and not forcing anything. Like this is how I'm gonna do it. It's like, well, if you can't do it in that amount of time, you got to come up with something else. That's been beautiful because I come up with such better ideas whenever I run into a wall I'm like fuck I ran out of time so I guess instead of this crazy chasing but now they're being hunted through the city and now it's like this there's so many other directions I can go with this chase because mm-hmm. they simply just brushed past each other they just walked out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah, there's I even know. like I don't I don't know how subtle I made it or whatever but like they literally passed the cops the drone yeah. stops working because a random merc, you know, some other scumbag who lives in the same tower sees cops and is like, oh, fuck this. And like 
hacks their drone so that it can't like thinking that they might be onto him or something and then uh so it stops working they're just going to the apartment they don't know that the the chick that just passed them is like from that apartment and you it's just and they in, just go in the to text too which i really liked you say in the text like uh so some other guy and then and by the way and you're speaking directly to the reader you're like this person doesn't have anything to do with the story just so you know like they're just they're just a random person yeah, narrator as character has been big for... That's a big lesson I've jacked from all the manga we've been reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that people should go and uh, read it. I think that at this point, we're on uh, chapter 13 of these books, and I, I think you'll be really surprised by what you find. It's, um, in both cases, Ronin Trash and Samurai Jesus, it's not... It's not even though the constraints are that you know that we kind of write it the night of, <clears throat> none of it, to me, feels like dashed off. They all feel pretty complete and cohesive. And I'm interested to think more about what that says about the process of writing a book in general. <clears throat> you know, because like you think that you have to write it, uh, you, know, you have to have like a beginning, a middle, and an end, uh, and it's it's just kind of like, but what if you just wrote like a chapter every week? you'd have a crazy output like I don't know how many thousands of words Samurai Jesus is at right now or Ronin Trash for that matter but by the end of the year it'll be it's book size basically oh yeah you have have a book like big boy book size too not our Mm -hmm. usual slim novellas Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which people you know some people like I had an insight about that that I wanted to talk about shout out Waging Pro he uh, he unlocked this for me because we were talking about the size of books, and he was you know talking about how he's busy and <clears throat> he's working on his own stuff, and so you know he has to like he likes the shorter books, <clears throat> and that made me realize like oh like, there are people out there who do like the shorter stuff, but the issue is basically his issue is that if if you think like when you think of books you think of this big time consuming things so i think a lot of people who are busy like they just don't even bother they're like i don't have time to read a book so they're not they're not even looking and then conversely the people who do buy books are the people who are like oh i absolutely have the 10 hours to drop on something if it seems interesting and that's why it's so skewed towards bigger books yeah because those people usually have more money too the reason people don't have time is they're working yeah yeah exactly exactly so I think, you know, we were talking about it in the Discord, which is another perk of going to the Patreon is that you get to be in, in the Discord with a bunch of smart people. But it really kind of cracked it open for me. It, it didn't, uh, didn't actually change my opinion about longer books, but it just kind of fleshed it out. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, right, that's why. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, and further down in the discussion, you know, we got around to how... He was saying, like, it's just the the briskness of the pace, too. Like, there's tomes I can get through because of how fast it reads. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of just the... Uh, the slim novels are just kind of, like, bait for people who want to read and don't have any time. And then it's like, mm-hmm. I have bigger books, too, that sell to other people. But if you would probably dig that as well, because, I mean... 
I'm not filling it full of fluff, you know. You can yeah. breeze through this shit. Yeah, I'm thinking that God's, I think I'm going to go for just like a nice 40 to 50 per book. And then with the giant robot book, I might, that one's going to, I'm going to, it's my first attempt at like a solid 80,000 words, you know, like a, like a big boy book. So yeah, I mean, the answer is, as always, you know, just do, why not just do both? And, uh, yeah, and people who want the longer ones can check those out and vice versa. Yeah, and what's funny is, like, I think I'll always exist in some kind of niche. So, like, Samurai Jesus, I actually think of my most mainstream, just because I can picture us at anime conventions and shit, selling the omnibuses and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, all the other book ideas I've had recently do sort of call for a little bit of a slimmer novel like just a like a 90s western pulp a YA novel like and I can see that shit selling just off of pitch stuff like Mm -hmm. what it is content wise but haven't quite figured out my I guess I need to figure out my lit RPG like what is my wuxia Mm-hmm. novel gonna be yeah I think that I've been thinking about cultivation novels I listened to a podcast called the self-publishing show I want to say by the way as a side note it's hosted by two British dudes and so is the bestseller experiment uh, and it there's another show oh, fuck, what's the name it's hosted by a British lady she's cool um, there's a lot of British people that are really on the self-publishing tip it's very strange to me. It's like you would think it would almost be a more like what's more American than you know, freedom, right? Freedom, I do what I want. Burr. Yeah, being self-made. Yeah. But I wonder, I wonder if it's just like So this is my kind of far out <clears throat> idea about it. But I wonder if it's because Americans have more of a they have more of like that it's like that Steinbeck quote. It's like the problem with Americans is that they're all just temporarily embarrassed uh, millionaires, right? I wonder if Americans have more of a sense of social mobility between classes. So, you know, they see the big publishers and they can come from a background like yours and mine and think like, I can be there. I can get there. And I wonder if British people having maybe like a more, I don't know, like a, a better understanding of class, they're like, yeah, that's not me. You know, I'm a I'm blue collar, but I can make a fuckload mm-hmm. of money within this sphere, right? So it's like I'm not I'm not interested in social mobility. I'm interested in creating a, a sustainable blue collar career off my writing, which is us basically. That's, yeah. that's what we want. No, I to. think I think that's exactly it because the lack of that social mobility is what really keeps me focused in this lane, like. Mm-hmm. If I thought I had options the other way, maybe I'd give a little more effort. Maybe. Because mm-hmm. I do value freedom. Maybe not. I value freedom a lot. I'm a true American. Mm-hmm. I'm like the last real patriot. I'm all about mm-hmm. leave me the fuck alone. Let me do I whatever I want. I say that all the time. I say that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If, if Because it's something that I've always found to be really fascinating with American writers. And it's you get the impression with a large number of them that they more so than the money that comes from a, a big book deal 
they like the social status, right? They like going to the parties and being acknowledged by their quote unquote betters and being able to have prestige. And so if you're somebody who's just like, I want to basically write manga, but I can't draw and I want to make money off of it. I've told the story a million times, but they look at you like an alien. They're like, what? What What do you mean you just want to write? It's like, yeah, man. (laughs) I just think it would be totally, I think it would be sick to have the Ursula K. Le Guin schedule and just like write for two or three hours a day, every day, and then just, you know, live. I think Mm -hmm. that would be dope. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know I don't give a fuck about prestige because without, without breaching any kind of NDA shit, or getting too messy like there's things I can hold my breath on for like certain uh, developers of certain stature to like hey turn you want to try and get this into this avenue get turned into a movie or something and I'm like I'll just uh, one of my oh I know people who make movies hey you want to just like you could adapt one of my books for free to just I want to see this shit made I like Mm -hmm. the art dude like Mm -hmm. and the bag too like we're gonna get that but like I want to see this shit made I'm tired of the like just kind of kicking rocks because everybody's rich everybody's got money anyways and they just kind of kick rocks about shit they're like that'd be cool to turn this into a movie right I'm like will you fucking start filming it or something like Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ Mm -hmm. yeah writing uh, definitely does seem to be so class based like the class issues in writing are are insane it's like writing is a hobby that it's like philanthropy or equestrianism writing a book is in that same you know sort of cast for a lot of people, right? And I'm just like, no, it's an opportunity for me to have fun doing a job <laughs> and maybe mm-hmm. making money. How sick would that be? Um, yeah, I've always thought that I'm uh, a lot closer to God than a lot of people because I just have a drive to create stuff. Yeah. And like when people want to slow that down, whether it's because of some kind of money or prestige or like you want me to wait for something no i want it to be made i want it to exist right now Mm -hmm. that's really interesting because that's reflected in our writing too just with how fast and truncated it is some might call you know like run and trash a little sloppy at times and it's like because i'm just getting it out you know i don't i don't like it's it's cool ideas but is it and it's so many cool ideas like Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How would you, some of the cool ideas probably wouldn't exist if you weren't going at this sloppy, frenetic pace. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, because you'd be dwelling too much on on the same idea for five chapters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's just like, no, I want to have uh, this character turn into a dragon. So That was, that is my favorite chapter so far, <laughs> is when he goes to meet the angels and they're like, cool, good job, mission accomplished. So how do you want to repay your debt? And he's like, what the, What are you talking about? He's like, well, like, you you know, you kind of spent some of the hell money, so you got to you gotta do something. You can be that dance floor for 700 years. You can. What was it? It was like you can be a baby for two months or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember. 
it was uh but he, he he loves his honda cr his 88 honda crx so he decides to become the the chinese dragon decal on the side of it that detaches and becomes sentient so yeah it's just you know it's like it's when when it's this kind of class-based thing that trickles down into you know the tips for writing being fundamentally based in leisure right it's based in leisure um and the way that we write is the opposite of leisure you know take care of kids all day we gotta work we're stressed out about money and for the hour that we have to write it's just turning on a faucet and it creates uh you know styles you can never intentionally create a style i think styles are just developed off of uh circumstance and environment and that's just where we're at that is some some sauce for the free episode some little craft oh, I need advice to i need to chill if, uh, well <laughs> give people give people a little taste give them a little bait we talk about this shit all the time on the bonus but uh Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. But yeah, if you are trying to, you can't develop a style without having constraints. Mm-hmm. So, if you're trying to cultivate a voice, and you're not just naturally uh, surrounded by limitation, give yourself boundaries. Give yourself rules. Those, I love that we're talking about this and like there's the boundary right there. here's my boundary yeah <laughs> dude's always hungry this is usually what it is whenever I have to like wrap up a chapter it's when he wakes up in the middle of the night and is screaming and I'm like as soon as I feed him I'm gonna fall asleep mm-hmm. so this chapter's just done mm-hmm The book feels uh, like when you were writing it, like you were so distracted. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It felt like you. It felt like you just kind of wanted this chapter to be over. Like, oh, I did. And I did. Yeah. You very much just wanted it to end. <laughs> I did. I did the funny thing. I got my jokes off, and I described the images that I thought were funny. And uh, after that, I was like, Ugh. you know, you. A lot, of, a lot of our writing style is literally just us going, and you, you know, you get it, you get it. You'll, you'll, <laughs> know what comes next. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is a lot of it. But I think that's a, I think that's where I lose people on the because I recently had somebody in real life say that uh, they're like I'm reading Mercy and the the writing's really good but it's kind of. <coughs> It's a bit confusing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, I tend to go for style over clarity a lot of times. But then I was thinking about it, and I was like, Mercy is pretty straightforward. I don't know what's so confusing. It might just be there's a lot of uh, assumption of fill in the blanks. Yep. Maybe that, like, Mm -hmm. it's like I'm I'm not writing as if this is the first genre this is if this is the first cyberpunk novel you've ever read like you've read science fiction of some sort right you know what blade runner is or something Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of writing is like somebody ringing your doorbell with a clipboard 
and politely asking if they could check out your the tree in your backyard because the branch is looking a little it's looking dead it's looking like it might fall on your roof and our writing is just like we we kick in the door and grab you by the hair or like we gotta get out of here the the branch is falling (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah there's no clipboard no there's no clipboard but for that kind of sauce and other writing talk go to patreon.com slash agitator sign up uh you can get it for five dollars a month fifty dollars a year it's a hell of a deal and yeah that's two months free that's two months of formula you're taking from my baby if you sign up for the whole year yeah she check it out i mean the discord is really evolving into it like a nice it's nice and patient you know it's it's nice and it's like it's a great alternative to twitter where you don't get blown up with messages every once in a while but like little conversations will spring up like two or three times a day and they're always very interesting because we have actual uh occult dirt wizards on there and we have actual like knowledgeable anime way more knowledgeable than me or you on there we got writers uh Doing DIY filmmakers. DIY filmmakers. I mean, we have the a, best patrons. Like, I know, I know. It, if that's a social media, that's the only that's the only social media I fuck with. I've seen some public discords too, and man, it's just like it's just like Twitter. It's just like another version of Twitter. But no, yeah, yeah. you're not gonna get that bullshit on the Agitator Discord. No, it's just cool, and it's fun to see the different the different cliques of people who we fuck with, like, meeting each other, that's really cool, too. You know? It's like, oh, here the TPN people are meeting the wizards. Let's see what happens. And it's always cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, it's just it's just kind of neat. Just, like, making your action figures kiss. You know? Um, <laughs> you don't do that? Okay. No, I just uh, take their clothes off, apparently. <laughs> just... <laughs> go to Kelby's house it's like why are all these dolls naked you're like what because it's funny it's funny. <laughs> why do you have <laughs> like Kelby okay this is a little far room. why do you have all this fine art of just like naked dudes like because it's hilarious. a writer's room and it's like all right so I got some ideas and everybody's like oh is it another is it a naked dude and Kelby just like closes his journal be like fine you guys have a better idea all ears and they're all he was gonna be wearing a sailor hat and uh in the desert (laughs) (laughs) oh man great action great descriptions the um oh before we go i did want to mention i also really liked the commercial for like tums but it's like with a a tentacle burger thing and the tagline is like for when your when your stomach is as big as your eyes or something like that. I thought that was really funny too. Oh, and Hell the yeah. uh, and the Kawhi landlord, who just drops the N word, like just out just out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine a future. Uh, it's really kind of a utopia, even though it's a dystopia. It's culturally they've figured everything out. Racism is solved everybody's racially ambiguous everyone says the n-word it's back mm-hmm. to the you know 90s 2000s you know Kumbaya. how in night city they say uh in night city they say choom yeah well kelby's got his own version of choom and it's a it's a different word 